You're listening to Generate a Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm your friend and confidant, Erin Gray. I created this podcast for all the generators in the world to inspire you to live a life that you love and desire, that is in alignment with who you truly are, not who you think you should be. Hello, my friends. Okay, so if I'm being completely honest with you, which I always am, I almost didn't record this episode and I was like, you know what? No, we need to talk about this because this is something that doesn't get, I don't think it gets much airtime and I have seen it happen in when I was a financial planner. I've seen it happen with family and friends. I've seen it in clients and I want to name it and I want to open up the conversation. And that is the topic of financial abuse. And in doing some research on this, what I found was that most people that experience financial abuse, like it happens, 99% of people actually are experiencing domestic abuse. It goes that way. And it also goes, you may not be experiencing any type of domestic abuse and you are still experiencing financial abuse. And I think a lot of us focus on, you know, physical or sexual abuse. And I want to shine the light on financial abuse, money, trauma, financial incest, which is basically sharing your intimate financial matters with your children when they are not added a space intellectually and or emotionally to handle it. The thing that's so fascinating is we act so differently around money. I've always said that, you know, if you were drinking a lot and you were going to the bar every night, your family would have this intervention. But staying up late, working all the time, making money, we're praised for this in the Western culture. And it's almost like a badge of honor. Like we, we pride ourselves on this versus hmm, something's a little off here, right? So I digress back to financial abuse. So what is financial abuse? It is using finances as a means to assert power or control over another person. Now, disclaimer. I'm not a therapist, a doctor, but I have seen this, like I mentioned so many times between spouses and partners, between parents and their own children at times with even adult children and their own parents, when they become the caretaker or the, um, legal guardian and, you know, trustees and things of that sort over their parents' assets, this comes into play. When I was a CFP, I've seen it also in my own personal life with family and friends. And it all comes back to control. And I believe when we are trying to control what we are really feeling is fear. I'll put in the show notes that if you, the website and the, and the national relationship abuse hotline, if you want that, but just to give you an idea of what this looks like and where I have seen this. This is like giving you, and I'm using air quotes, allowances or budgets without your input. And so many times I have seen this, like with my daughter's friends, their moms were stay-at-home moms. So there's there's a stay-at-home parent and they have their own credit card limit, but it's not from a place of like, here, here's your money. It's like, I'm going to control how much you can spend. And also some of them having to perform, you know, if they perform sexual acts with their spouse, then they got extra money on their credit card. Another one is 
requiring you to account for everything you spend. Not like, Hey honey, here's the Excel spreadsheet. And this is what we spent. Like, what was this for? Where, where was this target? But more like having to count for every single penny. This can also show up when they might pressure you to quit your job or they sabotage your work responsibilities, or they might even say things like you stay at home. I'll take care of the kids and I'll work even though you might actually want to go to work. They might feel entitled to your money or assets. Like I saw this as a CFP when people were dating and they had separate accounts and one, one of the person, you know, in the relationship wanted to have know and have financial control over the others. They might be spending your money without your knowledge. Or they might even control like how all the household finances are spent. And I want to say like, okay, in my family, I am the one that does all of the um, finances and I mean, everything. I will take it to Jason and I'll show him like, okay, this is what we've spent or maybe we've overspent here. Maybe let's, you know, bring this in a little bit or, and there's also a checking in with your spouse of how involved do they want to be? Because some spouses, they choose not to be involved. And also they know all the passwords. They know who to call. They know what to do, right? There's another of intentionally limiting information to your partner or to your spouse. It can also show up in like limiting your ability to either attend job training or pursue higher education or advance your career or in business. I've seen this with spouses where. It was totally okay for one and one partner to, you know, get all the coaching, pay for all the business stuff. But if the wife wanted to go and get coached or to learn a new skill because she wasn't, and I'm in air quotes working, right. Then that was deemed not okay or not allowed and couldn't buy the coaching, couldn't, couldn't invest in, um, you know, furthering themselves for education. One of the ways that I've also seen this is either maxing out credit cards in your name, and then they don't make credit card. They don't make those payments on the credit cards. I've seen this in parents doing this with children. It's actually happened with me and my ex-husband when we were, we weren't married at the time, but I think we had gone to like get a car or something. I don't remember. And of course they pull your credit report and come to find out his parents had taken out several credit cards in his name, never told him. I don't really remember if they had paid on them or not, but there was a vast amount of money that had been taken out on his name in credit cards. Another way that I I have seen this a lot, it has, you know, happened to me is they threaten to cut you off financially when you disagree with them. And I see this a lot with parents doing this with children. Like if you don't do X, Y, Z, I'm not going to pay for your school or I'm not going to pay for your car, or if you don't, you know, it's just this trying to control someone by taking away the money that you are giving them to use for whatever you agreed to initially. Sometimes this might show up also in divorce cases when one partner has been the primary breadwinner and they spend a lot of money because they are the breadwinner and yes, even though the, the other spouse has received, you know, either alimony or financial assets, right. Split, but the one 
breadwinner will spend a lot of money to fight the divorce as to drain the account of the non-breadwinner. And it's, it's not just the financial abuse. It's, it's the emotional drain that it takes to continue to go back to court. And I'll just name a couple more, um, you know, having to ask for money for basic needs and, you know, the financial information sharing is one-sided. You sometimes will have someone that is the person that does the large majority of the money, right? Whether the budgeting, the investing, just, you know, looking at the day-to-day expenses and because they are the main ones that have access to that, they either one don't share it with the other partner and, or their purchases, they deem that that's okay. But then when the spouse wants to purchase something, then they get, you know, read the riot act and question all of the things. So I do want to say something about abuse in terms of there's like a victim and a victimizer, right? And coming from this, which I believe it's coming from both a very disempowered place, right? In order for us to be in an air quotes victimized, we have to feel disempowered in some way. And in order to be the victimizer, we have to be and feel disempowered because we don't try to control someone when we feel empowered. And like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, at the base of all of this, what I, what I think is really the feeling that we're really feeling is fear. And we show our fear in different ways by trying to control or trying to, I don't really like the word manipulate, but trying to do things to get people to, to behave in a certain way so that because of the fear that we have. So I just want to name that it comes back to feeling disempowered on both sides. And I'm not advocating or condoning, right? That this is okay, or that it's not air quotes abuse or anything of that sort. I just want to name that this does happen. I don't think that we are as aware of it as we are with um, you know, domestic or physical or sexual abuse, because I don't think it gets either reported or talked about as much. And it's a very emotional, um, thing that occurs, right? When someone gets hit, you have physical bruises. When, when you are dealing with money, most oftentimes it's emotional is what you're experiencing. Any of these that I've named you either have experienced on the receiving end or the giving end, have some compassion for yourself. Give yourself some love and some grace and notice where does it happen and choosing what you want to do moving forward, right? How can you start advocating for yourself more? Who can you also bring in to help you, you know, have some conversations around, you know, maybe you would like some coaching or go to therapy to help you become more empowered. And if you are on the giving end of this, if you are, you know, pressuring or making someone, your spouse or whomever, you know, account for every single penny 
check in and ask yourself, why are you doing that? Where's that, where's that coming from? And how do you actually want to feel about your money? How do you actually want to have conversations with your partner about money? How do you want to treat your children when they don't do what you in air quotes want them to do? What is the most loving thing? Does love take away when it doesn't get what it wants or does it get curious and it asks questions and it's still supportive? So if you've got any questions, we'd love to hear them. As always, you can find me on Instagram at the Aaron Gray. And until next time, from my soul to yours. Thanks for tuning in today. If you want to receive your human design chart, you can head over to my website at Generate a Life Well Lived to receive your free chart. As always, from my soul to yours.